This edition of The Wellness Prescription is brought to you by Healthy Planet, making the world healthier and greener one day at a time. Welcome, everyone. This is The Wellness Prescription on 105.9 The Region. I'm Dr. Claudia. Thank you all for joining me today. Are you tired of feeling burdened and stressed by everyday life? Are you looking for more in-depth solutions for everyday problems? Most of us have never thought about incorporating hypnosis and psychotherapy, Reiki, and mindfulness to achieve inner peace. My guest today is going to help us do just that. Joining me on the wellness prescription is Jacob Cooper. He is a clinical social worker, Reiki master, and a certified hypnotherapist. Thank you so much for joining me today. An honor. Thank you, Dr. Claudia. Just a blessing to be here today. I thought we would start the show by having you tell us a little bit about yourself. I say in life, there's givers and takers. I come from a place uh, of giving. This life isn't just about myself. And, you know, so many people want to build bigger houses, you know, better cars, all these other things. And all those things are great. But if you don't leave this world with others not better from your existence, what's the proof that you are here? Much like yourself, you know, my what keeps me going is just that person who's hurting or going through pain or suffering. I think pain is our purpose. And when you have pain in your life, you understand pain for your life, you could be defined that pain or you could define that pain. And you could find ways to give that greater meaning and purpose for yourself and more importantly, uh, for others. In, in saying all that, what does that mean? Like, what does your work entail? Understanding that people have a multidimensionality to them, meaning that we're not just of our thoughts, we're not just our bodies, we're not just our emotions. We have so many different facets to ourselves that we have to be able to reach those parts. So if we're hungry, we understand we have to feed our body as well as when we feed our body, we feed our brains, our souls too. And so I think when you're understanding that you have different components to yourself, you know, all those things have different needs, different requirements. And when you're able to nurture all that part of you, you know, you're really able to take life into deeper gear. So for myself, I really addressed, you know, the psychotherapy component. I addressed the higher mind through hypnosis. I utilized mindfulness, you know, and then I write books and give talks to give people, you know, insight to really navigate the needle of their lives to a different perspective, you know, as belief is everything in our life. And if you're able to expand belief in your life, your life is just a lot more magnanimous. And does that translate when your own life is like a starburst of energy and beauty and abundance? Does that translate into or does that affect other people's lives in the same way? Is that the premise of how, you know, your belief system? I would hope, you know, the information is the one part, but the integration is the other part. You know, we could learn, we could hear all this stuff, but if you're not applying it, it's not becoming a part of you. So I think really it's planting the seed and then hopefully having people nurture that. And when you're able to apply it, it just becomes a part of you and you evolve and grow through the application of higher awareness. Who are your clients? What, who are the people that would seek out your treatments and what would they be looking to achieve or heal from your sessions? I see a lot of people, they're looking for understanding of who they were in a past life. So they'll come to me for a past life regression. You know, other clients, they may be going through acute grief and they've lost a loved one and they're looking to really utilize some degree of belief to work within their grief. And people with anxiety, people with low self-worth, at the end of the day, I think a lot of it comes down to 
the the box that we fill our own belief of ourselves in. And when that belief of ourselves, the nature of reality is very small, you know, that leads to a very fragmented, smaller energy of life. But when that box is expanded, people are able to see more in themselves and more in the world outside of them. So hopefully people who are willing to explore the unknown of themselves in reality and, and not fearful of that unknown. I feel like most of us are afraid of learning those things about ourselves, the unknown. And that could be a huge motivation to want to change that about ourselves. And I often wonder, what is it that would make us afraid of learning fascinating things about ourselves or changing who we are or working towards or striving to become better versions of ourselves? Well, I think really attachment to the ego. When we're born, we're perfect just as we are usually. But then all of a sudden we're taught, hey, you're not good enough. You need to get this to be this. And all these other things that we've developed through this cultural myth that we've been brought up in. So I think people letting go of the ego and surrendering to something beyond that, that there's a part, there's a you beyond the you that you see yourself. But that's not anything new. If you look at the planet that we're on, you know, centuries ago, they just saw it as flat and that was the known. Uh, but once they were able to see, okay, maybe this isn't the case. Maybe there's, the planet is not flat. Maybe it is round. And they explored and they found well, there's still flat earthers as we're seeing today, but the majority of people understand the world you know, is not flat, it is round. And that changed the world. And imagine what that could do on an inner basis if you're able to explore a different world within yourself. But it takes courage. It takes a degree of bravery. Uh, but as I say, you can't get to the fruit on the trees you, unless you go out on a limb. You know? So having that leap of faith, that is what life is about. It's about expanding. When you're Holding on to the same stuff, there is no life. It's kind of like being by a stale body of water with no flow. And that makes so much sense because I always use the analogy that our bodies understand this innately. So we are constantly regenerating skin cells, organs are constantly you know, producing new cells. And that's just the innate intelligence of the universe. So we as humans should be doing the same thing. You know, I know we'll get into the life after death stuff, but I don't think people... Are they, they're afraid of death, but they're also afraid of life. And by life, I mean something new, something present, something different. Uh, most of us live ninety, you know, ninety years one time instead of ninety different years, and there's not so much expansion or growth. So, I just had my birthday a couple weeks ago, and for me, every birthday is a reminder of, all right, this is a different chapter, this is a different year, and paying attention towards your intention. What do you want to create? Because I think we're all artists of the mind and of our lives. And if we're able to constantly uh, sculpture, you know, that, that work, it becomes a magnificent beauty of art for ourselves and for other people to be inspired by. One of my good friends, almost a mentor, said to me, we have to be aware of whether we're looking for attention or intention, because those are two completely different things. And I feel like a lot of us really want to live with intention, but we also live in a world where it's about attention. So we do have to be aware of our thoughts or feelings and always redirecting the compass towards intention as opposed to attention. Absolutely. And I know I wrote two books for you know, mostly other people, but also for myself, you know, a lot of it was not being defined by the story of life, but defining your story. And 
once people are able to have some space between life and how they process it, that's a beautiful place. The position that you're that you're turning that you're facing in life is totally different. You know, the outside events don't determine your inner reality, but your inner reality interprets your outer events. Just a couple minutes ago, you made a comment about past life regressions, and that's one of the therapies or treatments that you offer. Now, for those listeners who have no clue what that is, let's start by telling us what that is and how can it be used as a healing modality? Great questions. I, I really love talking about reincarnation and past lives. You know, reincarnation is, is not a new concept, but certainly in the last you know couple of years or in the 60s, definitely it was just very much spoken about. As a psychotherapist, if you know your why, you can know your how. Why am I going through this? Why am I like this? That will determine how will I get through this? How will I navigate this? So for a lot of people, they, their current predicaments or their situations in life is not explainable in this lifetime. For instance, why do I have such an automatically bad relationship with my mother? Why do I feel like a parent to my mother? Why do I feel like a brother to my you know, kid or whatever it is? You know, Some things don't make sense. And so it works very congruently with my work as a psychotherapist, where we go to the point of origin behind whatever we're going to. And it's not just negative or pathology, you know, that is a component, you know, if someone is getting stuck and they're wanting to move the needle, but there's also an exploration of different lifetimes and just understanding who we were, what we did, you know, because all those things make us who we are today. A lot of people are able to reclaim their spiritual gifts from doing past life regression in this life. You know, for instance, I have a beautiful colleague of mine. Um, she is one of the best mediums I've ever seen. You know, she's like a Sherry type, but she went to, you know, if you're familiar with Dr. Brian Weiss, you know, he's a Yale trained clinical psychiatrist, you know, very left brain before he got into this, but then hypnosis got him into a client you know, accident, you know, coincidentally, who was able to be regressed and that just floored him. But she went to a workshop with Brian and after doing the past life regression group exercise, her mediumistic and intuitive gifts exploded to where now she does this professionally. So, and that was kind of like a claim, you know, from other lifetimes in which she had these gifts and she was able to bring it forward and remember her gifts and who she was and how she could live out her purpose. So, I think for a lot of people, it could help out with areas of life's purpose. Why are we here? What are our gifts? And if you're able to discover your gifts, you could find the meaning of gifts, your gifts, which is to give it to others. Um, and then just understanding the family dynamics, areas of health, you know, even. You know, sometimes there's a phenomenon, and I'm sure you're familiar with this, called cell memory, where subconsciously we hold on to maybe some traumas or memories, and that um, continues itself into this life. And a lot of people and even clients of mine are able to move the needle of some of those previous health conditions and understand that was then and this is now. But I think for a lot of people, it's just the last stop on the train where you've tried medical, you've, tr you've ruled out, you know, psychiatric, you've ruled out, you know, all these other things. And you're able to just find this new gear of explanation behind why you are the way that you are. I love that. And I think that's a really fascinating way of looking at healing because you know, we are 
not just a single being. We are so many different layers of being that unraveling it. I feel like different healing therapies and modalities are now coming to the forefront because we realize that we are like onion layers and we have so many things to unravel and that it's very fascinating that we can use everything from Western medicine to, you know, alternative medicine to, you know, mind healing to get ourselves on the right path of living our best life. Because I think essentially that's why we are all here and that's what we're all striving to achieve. It will help people with grief past life regression. It's helped out a lot of my clients, you know, because when you regress and you go back to other lifetimes, you recognize, you know, life continues. You are an eternal being and clients of mine visit their own deaths in other lifetimes. So they just understand that we come, it's kind of like a shore, right? You think of the ocean, you know, ocean waves come to the shoreline and then it comes back, you know, to the ocean. We're kind of like this in life where we come here, you know, to the shore of this earth, then we come back, you know, to home and we continue this cycle. And so people are able to understand that they're able to transform a belief into a knowing of the eternity of the soul. And that could help them on how they view their loved ones in their afterlife. So that not only they could believe that there's life after death, but they could find a life for themselves after their death. That's important. And I feel like you said something before that made a lot of sense. We are afraid of death, but we are also afraid of living. So we have to find that true balance. When we come back, Life After Breath, Jacob's first book. This is The Wellness Prescription on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Connect with us on Twitter at 105.9 The Region or call 416-335-1059 or email info at 1059theregion.com. This is 105.9 The Region. The Wellness Prescription with Dr. Claudia on 105.9 The Region. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to The Wellness Prescription. Before the break, Jacob shared with us the healing modalities he uses to help people find inner peace and harmony. He has also authored two books. His first book is Life After Breath, How a how a brush with fatality gave him a glimpse of immortality. Jacob, you had a near-death experience as a child. Can you tell us about this? Yes, I had pertussis, otherwise known as whooping cough. I was climbing a ladder onto a slide, and then I just began to suffocate due to this coughing spree that I had. All parts of my body and my brain just began to shut down like a power breaker in a home. Everything just wasn't functioning. And then the last part that I was aware of was my own brain. And I literally just felt my brain just snap in half as if there was a large crack in my brain. You know, and as the saying goes, my brain cracked open and that's when the spirit world or God came in. That happened to me literally, you know, and I just had this profound near-death experience in which I encountered my own spirit guides, you know, angels, family members who were connected to me on the other side, awareness of my own past lives and what who I was before this lifetime, awareness of what I would be doing in this lifetime, and awareness of the centerpiece of where everything emanates and flows from and is created from, which there's a religious term for it called God, but I think it's beyond any type of world. I just call it the center of the universe. And it was beyond profound, but it was also very traumatic and difficult after to live. And that's really why around three decades later, I decided to write Life After Breath because it was time to own my story and to hopefully have people find themselves 
you know, in my in my book. Remind me, how old were you when this happened? I was just chronologically three, which blows my mind, you know, because, in, you know, at a point in my life, I thought, okay, maybe I was four, maybe I was five. But I consulted with my father, you know, because I just kept this very hidden. Near-death experiencers many times will shout on the rooftops or it's something so sacred and so difficult to put into words. They hold on to it for several decades. And for me, I held on to this very privately. But my father said, no, you're three years old. My parents said, no, you're three years old. And my father also told me that after I was rushed from the ambulance to the hospital, I'm my biggest skeptic. I like whatever I have, you need to like implode in front of me to believe in anything. That's just the way that I am. So all this stuff, you know, helps me process and understand it from my myself today, looking back on it. And so it took you roughly 30, you know, three decades to really process what happened, why it happened to you and what you were going to do with this this information or this experience. Yeah. You know, it's not like anything exactly changed, you know, with, from what I, from what I remember my near-death experience. And that's the gift of trauma where you have a trauma, you could either have disassociation or you can remember it clear as crystals. If you're there right then in the moment, there's no time that's passed. But for, for myself, I was able to learn how to express it. I was able to find it not as a curse, but as a blessing you know, later in my life. But early on, it certainly felt like a big burden. Imagine just being three years old, taken from that life and seeing through, you know, this this illusion of reality and then, you know, just having to come back into it. And that was hard because you, you asked, Jacob, were you three? I'm like, we're never our chronological ages. We're experiencing those things, but we're not the full totality of those things. You know, and so for myself, I recognized I was just playing a role and learning, you know, what it was like to be a three-year-old and was my soul's, you know, experience, but it wasn't the full totality of who I was. It was just an experience of the soul. That's incredible. Now, in your book, Life After Breath, you explore the other side, quote unquote. What do you mean by that? To me, the other side is basically we're on a radio station now, right? And we are all at our core energy. You know, Einstein said we're energy. We can never be destroyed. So at our core, we're just vibration. And we're in a dense body. So we're vibrating, you know, at a lower rate. But when you get outside your body, you know, you're at a higher frequency. And so basically, you know, all this is just a dial above this frequency. We can't see it, but it's there. It's kind of like a fan. You can't see the individual blades on a fan when the fan is going very fast. You could see it maybe when it's a little bit slower. So really, it's just a higher frequency, a higher vibration beyond this reality. Now, to me, it's not other if you're connected to it. If you're very connected, you're on that side. You know, you're living connected to home while we're journeying in the human experience. And that's a connected life as a spiritual being remembers its essence having this experience. That's really profound. And I'm sure that's maybe scary to some people. It's a concept that I'm sure many people haven't even thought about, but it does make a lot of sense that, you know, we are physically present here, but we have a past and a history that we don't always recollect. Well, I, I could say that it's also liberating too. You know, because at times life could just be senseless misery thrown our way. And once you're able to have a knowing that there's a greater purpose, that life is not happening to you, but rather for you, that there's a higher intelligence 
far beyond the pain that we experience and that there's a purpose for everything, especially even pain itself, you know, it could be quite liberating, quite cathartic too, that this is just in a random kind of a masochistic experience of just pain, but there's a beauty and there's a reason behind what we're going through. And I think that could be very cathartic and, and liberating, but also we could find meaning or search for meaning even in the darkest hours of our life. And is that has that been your experience with your own clients? Because this is the this is the part to me that is the most important is that we can teach or educate or show people, humans, that you could be living in what you consider as misery, depression, anxiety. But really, when you look at the purpose and you discover the purpose of why you're here, it could give you hope. And that and those individuals living with constant pain, chronic misery could really see a turnaround in their own existence. Has that been your experience with a lot of your clients? I think there's many different types of people, but I think there's people who gravitate more towards the growth mindset. And there's people who are stuck, you know, in the victim orientation. And they would rather you know, some people have developed an unhealthy comfort zone and their familiars, you know, for them, it's harder for them to try to healthy comfort zone than an unhealthy comfort zone. So change for those clients are difficult, but those people who are able to embrace change, make friends with change, you know, are able to expand a lot easier. And and you're right. It's, it, it is how we're conditioned. And sometimes I, I feel my own experience with, with individuals dealing with like physical pain, because that's what I'm doing. I'm working on that every day, is it's easier to just stay in that state than it is to make a few changes and put a little eff- different effort into, um, you know, having a different existence and a different outcome. But my goal on this show is to help everyone live their best life through you know, whatever modality, I'm here to help them see that. Now, through your near-death experience and what you saw, you're doing the same thing. That's what you really essentially want is for people to live their best life. And you talk about the connection between life lessons and awareness of the human experience. And I think we we're kind of touching on that, but let's expand on that concept even more. I think for many people, the world could create your reality in your mind. You know, what you experience in daily life in the world that has thrown your way could create your reality. But if you turn inward, your inner beauty, your inner mind could create your world. And so I think really this isn't um, a dramatic change in life. It's just a simple shift of the direction that you're facing. If you're turning outward, you're facing a lot of problems. But if you're turning inward, you're living life from that place. You're finding more solutions and problems. You're finding more meaning and beauty, you know, than than difficulty, uh, because you come from up. You're placing. You're you're facing the infinite. You're facing the eternal, and you have an understanding of what is temporary and what is eternal. And your value systems change. You know what you are driven to or what you are focused to is more about what lasts versus what you know looks good, but it's just temporary in its nature. So I think really. The change that could happen is quantum, but the shift is very small, and people have to just be able to play with it, to toy with it. And, you know, that's, that's, that's significant to really understand that it's not a, a quantum shift that you have in what you're doing, but your being will be quantumly changed. And I think, I think that's important for people to bear in mind. But again, 
you know, we're living in a very anxious world. And when you have anxiety, you hold on to everything, even the body itself. You just, this is who I am. I'm holding on to this. I can't lose this. You know, but when we're living in anxiety, we're losing out on time. We're losing out on the ability to have a more full spectrum of experience in our life. And that, to me, is a scary reality that people don't live while they live. Um, and so we're able to let go. Our energy in our life could really grow. And I find when people are well connected, everything, you know, really follows. You know, the body is in a better position. The mind's better. Our relationships are better because the foundation is is a lot stronger. And more importantly, our enthusiasm is is there. And I love enthusiasm because if you look at the word of enthusiasm, what does it mean? It comes from the Greek word entheos, which just means the inner God. So you're finding things that you love and things that you're passionate about. You're not just searching for God a thousand miles away, but you're living God. You're connected to a God-filled life. I think that's what people need to do more is find the things that wake that keep them passionate, you know, every day. And that keeps you, you know, living a spiritually rich, rich life. I, I absolutely agree with that. And I feel like when you really focus on what makes you happy, I, I, you know, we all use the analogy of watching a child at play. They're just free. They're just fun. They're just, you know, nothing is interfering with their joy. And when I look at a lot of people, I see that a lot of people have lost their joy. And when we focus on finding that joy again and bringing back those things in our lives that in our lives that bring us joy, that's when you know, the small change creates the quantum, um, you know, outcome. And I love that you use that line. You know, pictures could tell a lot. If you look at us, you know, many times when we were kids, the eyes are the windows to our soul. And, you know, there's a degree of, of difference in the eyes when you look at a child and sometimes an adult. Sometimes it's uniformal, but somewhere down the road, that light was dimmed within the eyes and that spark, the divine spark that we all have, you know, was never lost, but it was covered by a lot of pain and suffering. And, and so I think what's important is for people to learn how to get back into joy, how to get back into their passions, how to find that beauty. But I think a lot of it too was cultural myth. You know, we're taught that our being is defined by our doing, you know, the jobs that we have, the homes that we have, you know, the ego, all those things define our being. And somewhere down the road, we lost sight that we are good enough. We are all that we are seeking. And we have the beauty that we're looking for is inside of us, you know, and so I find there's people who have everything and they have nothing and people who have nothing and have everything. And that's where midlife crisis comes in, where you checked off every box of what you're supposed to do and you're still unhappy because it doesn't work that way. It starts from within, you know, and then once you're able to have that joy, everything around you magnifies. It really does. It really, really does. And I think we should all just focus on finding our joy again. Jacob, I cannot thank you enough for joining me. If listeners want to learn more about you or book sessions or even purchase your books, how can they do that? They could check out my website at jacoblcooper.com. And there's all my social media links. You know, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Jacob Cooper, LCSW, and I just developed a new YouTube channel called The Wisdom of Jacob's Ladder that started last week. And each week we have different videos. And through my book, Life After Breath, or The Wisdom of Jacob's Ladder, it's available internationally and nationally here in the United States through Amazon, you know, predominantly. But um, yeah, I do a lot of events, a lot of cool stuff. So stay posted, 
know, for things coming your way. Excellent. And you can always find me on Instagram at Claudia underscore Macchiella or my website, ClaudiaMacchiella.com. That's my show for this week. If you missed it, go to 1059theregion.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, and of course, Audible. I'm Dr. Claudia. Thank you for listening. I hope this helps you live your best life. The Wellness Prescription was brought to you by Healthy Planet. Order online at HealthyPlanetCanada.com or go online to find a location nearest you. 